My name is Jan Welch, and welcome to episode 16 of the Den and Now Blading podcast featuring Damian Wilson. Damian was part of the legendary Santee crew, which also featured Nick Wood, Lao Shavak, Robbie Whitcomb, and Jimmy Ormsby. Damien was not only a very creative skater, but also threw down a lot of hammers. I spent a lot of time filming with the Santee crew after moving to San Diego in 1999, and Damien either had a section or a lot of clips in almost every video I ever made. I haven't talked to Damien in over a decade, so I was really looking forward to catching up with him. I'm glad he agreed to do this interview, and I hope you enjoy it. If you do, make sure and hit the like button, subscribe to this channel if you haven't already, and hit the bell icon to be notified of all new uploads. And make sure to follow me on social media. I have links to my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram in the description below. And I also have some merchandise. I have coffee cups and t-shirts. It's a little yawn. Very cute. Done now blading. On my website. So I have a link in the description below to that. Check it out. And if you're interested in supporting this channel and you like what I'm doing, I have links to my Patreon and a donation page in the description below. If you do support this channel on Patreon, you'll receive exclusive content not available on YouTube. You'll have access to videos, photos, audio, and some written text that you won't find anywhere else. I'm also doing monthly giveaways for all of my Patreon supporters. So I'm going to do my first giveaway right now, which is for the month of February. And I'm going to be giving away a set of four Rollerblade Hydrogen 60mm wheels. And Hydrogen wheels are very high quality wheels made in the USA. They're awesome. And this is not sponsored by Rollerblade. These are for my personal collection. So each month I'll be giving away stuff from my collection or Denim Now Blading merchandise to my Patreon supporters. For the first drawing, I have all my Patreon supporters in a list. And I'm going to spin a random wheel to pick the winner of the Rollerblade wheels. So let's see who the lucky winner is. All right, spinning, spinning, spinning. And who's it gonna be? Oh, no, it's Chris Wilk. Congratulations, Chris. I hope you enjoy these wheels. They're really awesome. Get a hold of me. I'll try to get your contact information and I will send these out to you as soon as possible. All right, well, let's get started with episode 16 of the Done and Outblading podcast featuring Damien Wilson. Well, Damien, welcome to my Done and Outblading podcast. It's good to see you. It's been, I don't even know how long, like 15 years since I've seen you last, or 10 years, maybe 10 years. I moved to Texas in 2012, so I guess that's about 10 years. Wow, I feel ashamed. Yeah, it's been way too long. So how have you been in the past 10 years since I've seen you? I own a child. So pretty much pretty much winning. That's pretty cool. <laughs> how old your kid? Uh, she just turned two. Cool. How's that uh, feel being a dad? I mean, it seems stereotypical to say, but um, it is cool. To be honest with you, it's not so much that it's like, how people go, you know, it's the most fulfilling thing in the world. Do you want to jump off a bridge for your kid? And that kind of stuff. Like, people exaggerate, you know. Um, and then they bitch about stupid shit, you know. Like, oh, changing a booby diaper. Like, my kid could throw up on my chest and it's like not even a thing to me. What people don't talk about are the little aspects of, fuck, I gotta work to make money. Where am I gonna put this living being that I care about during this time? 
so I can go make money to supply for it. You know, little stupid shit like that you kind of work through. Um, overall, uh, I'd have to say it's rad. It's cool. challenging as rad. Well, congratulations. That's rad. Did you ever expect to have a kid? Yeah, I did it on purpose. All right. Uh, me and my lady were fighting pretty hard, and uh, my pops had gotten cancer, and so I took off, quit my job, uh, let all my credit cards, everything go, pretty much just fucked myself, and went out to my pops' place out in Tombstone, Arizona area, and built him a gun shop, just in case he died, so that way he could have a gun shop before he passes, and I left for three months, and that didn't work out well with the lady, so I came back, did the best I can to kind of smooth the sheets. You know, shit's wrinkled. It's pretty hard to smooth it. And I went, you know, I'm gonna impregnate her. Well, you know, and I did. <laughs> like it was that simple. I was like, cool, dude, Winnie. <laughs> that is true romance. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, we've been together ten years. What's she gonna do? Give up on me and then have to start all over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's beautiful. Um, have you got your kid any Fisher Price skates yet? <laughs> Yeah, dude. We just went skating last night. I'm not joking, dude. Like, I'll grab them here in a little bit and show you. Uh, actually, Steve, they're right there. If you open that door, uh, they're straight in front of you, the pink little skates. Yeah, we went last night. So, I can't skate right now. I have a torn meniscus, so I have to walk around like a hobbled old dad, but it's still fun. How long have you had that injury for? Uh, shit, I think like four months. Oh, check it out. Here's the oh, skates. wow. Those are cool. Yeah, I mean, we had to start with four wheels. Eventually, we'll put her four wheels in a row, but, you know. Yeah, that's rad. And how did you injure yourself? Uh, well, if you could see in my backyard over here, see all that. Uh, hold on. I'll pick you up. See all that concrete and everything? Uh-huh. So, the backyard used to slope downward towards the street, and we wanted to level it out. And we were doing uh, drainage ditches, which run super deep in the ground. And so this whole yard is a mess. And the kid came out. So I think she's only like a year and a half. So it's been a while, actually. It's been like six months. And she almost fell in one of the ditches, which is really deep. And I dove across the ditch to grab her and, and catch her and landed on a rock on my knee. And it just tore it sideways. Man, That's a pretty bad lame. injury. Yeah, it was pretty lame. Did you and have any no way to get hurt? I mean, in your skating career, did you have any bad injuries as well like that? Yeah. What was your worst injury skating? <laughs> uh, I remember my worst or most painful or longer. I guess uh, both. Which was the most painful, and then which was the like the which one was the worst that affected you for the longest? The coke can rails and like. Uh, Santa Ana, I think it's like UC Irvine. It wasn't UC Irvine. It was those weird blue ones. Jeff Stockwell was notorious for skating them. Him and Ian McLeod and them, they were kind of mellow. And they were in this park and they were everywhere. Uh, we were skating with Pinky and I was riding Cyrus's at the time and I was doing a half gag back Nugan onto the rail and I was trying to 540 out. But I don't know if people that skated long enough to know they had sticky side plates. So when I went to go spin out, it stuck super hard and I scorpioned and I fractured my spine, which I didn't know at the time. All I knew is I, like, I was in an ungodly amount of pain, you know, when you hit your face and scorpion. And so everyone 
who has ever been there, it, it's like a million stairs to go back down to the parking lot. So Jimmy and Lyle and them had to carry me back down to my car. And then we got home and I couldn't walk, do anything. And then, you know, I just figured, you know, a scorpion, I'm hurt. And then I went and got a x-ray and I fractured the lower spine and the sciatic nerve was sticking in the crack. So it was affecting my hip forever. So I had to get epidural shots to widen the spine so that the sciatic could slide back in. So then I can go back skating. That sucks. I broke my back two years ago skating. Oh, really? Yeah, bombing a hill. Some somebody kind of intentionally ran me off the road, and I I ate shit and broke two or collapsed one vertebrae and like cracked the other one. Really? So that was oh kind of God. shitty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that was uh the broken back scenario. I, but the sciatic nerve that sounds pretty intense. Uh, it's just a you know whatever it is. It is. Steve's going through it right now. He decided to start skating switch. And I went, yeah, whole body is designed to push in this direction over and over for 22 years. And all of a sudden, you're going to go switch. I wanted to ask you, how old are you now? Oh, I'm about to be 38. 38? Well, well I'm not 38 yet, but I call myself About 38. to be 38. I'm like one of the ones, that, like, I feel like I'm 38 because I want to be 38. Like, nobody wants to get older, but I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm stoked. It's close enough. Well, happy early birthday. When is your birthday? Uh, May 12th. Okay, cool. That's coming up. And uh, are you still living in Santee? No, actually, I'm in Lemon Grove now. But it's not, you know, it's basically the same place, just a little more hood. Which I actually like it. Uh, Santee, there's nothing ever really going on. I mean, you know, it's the same old shit. Well, you know, the troublemakers using their meth and that kind of stuff. But there's so many damn cops with nothing to bust. So you don't, like, it's one of those places you don't want to jaywalk. <laughs> now, it's like La Jolla of East County. I, uh, I'm glad I don't live there anymore. Yeah, Santee was crazy. So Santee, I remember, you know, when I lived in San Diego, like the climate in, you know, North Park or like San Diego was much cooler than East County, like Santee. Is Lemon Grove similar weather as as, uh, as Santee? Uh, no, it has a microclimate. That's why it's called Lemon Grove. Uh, that's why they have this huge lemon here. It has a microclimate between where you were in downtown, where it's, you know what I mean, more uh, overcasty, um, I guess, what would you call that? Uh, damn, another term. Where the ocean is always kind of coming in. And then Santee's more desert. And then we're right in between. And so it, it has a, it'll rain here, but not in Santee or downtown. Which is eight minute drive this way or an eight minute drive that way. And it'll rain right here. So Santee, I want to go back to Santee, your roots. What was growing up in Santee like? And how did Santee shape who you became oh that's an odd question do you think like the uh the town that i lived in uh shaped the person i was possibly i mean Santee's different than the rest of san diego and you guys are all a little bit different from the rest of the skaters in san diego yeah i guess you're right uh now that you bring it up uh, i never really put much thought into that uh i would say more along the aspects that it was more like, I guess country or uh, more like a free kind of kind of like how you would call it like a red state. Like how you would visualize Texas, right, in comparison to the United States. That would be Santee of San Diego. It's like a bunch of gun-toting, you know, uh, no bullshitting type of behavior. And 
I don't know, it just seemed more honest, I guess. And it was easier to... The best part about it, I guess, was a, it was an area to where everyone would trust each other to do the right thing. No, no stealing and that kind of stuff. So, in comparison to the rest of San Diego, which I love, and, you know, you know more of an area is the funner because you don't get in trouble. I would say it shaped me in the aspect of... Uh, it gave me manners. That's the best way I can say. It helped give me manners. Please, thank you. Hold the door open. Um, I mean, also, it gave me reckless behavior because, you know, you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> when you guys were in school, I don't know if it was the same school you went to, but I know Lal went there where they had the school shooting. All of us went there. All Sandy boys. Other than Nick. Nick went to Granite Hills. So, Santana, I was a junior. And when I got, uh, I was a junior. Jimmy and Lyle were all juniors. We were all three there. And Robbie was a freshman. And that's when I got shot up. And then Nick was going to Granite Hills, and his school got shot up a week later. Yeah, I remember that. It was crazy times. Yeah, it was wild, actually. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It was surreal. I used to uh, be a personal... So there's, like, a subclasses you can do in high school, which is, like, TA. And that way I can just play sports and hang out with people like rather than go fucking make jewelry. And I was that kid, Andy Williams. I was his partner in like badminton, tennis, everything. He was my buddy because I knew him from the skate park. He was a little skateboard punk. So I was shocked that it was him, but I was a little bit shocked. More disappointed. I didn't see that coming. That's pretty crazy that you knew him and that happened. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. So when I was at Steve's uh, wedding, I met uh, John Fromm's girlfriend there, a uh, beautiful girl, and she had mentioned something about it. And it, it's weird because people don't ever bring this up. And it's like, oh, yeah, that did happen. That's crazy. And she was like 13 or something during time, and she had went to like the wake meeting thing. You know, they had all sorts of, you know, visual things for it during that time to go meet a dude and i was like oh that's crazy you use tragedy to find a boyfriend and i'm like "Ooh, i blew that <laughs> so i would like to officially apologize to her for saying that out loud i mean those are my real thoughts but that's shit you're not supposed to say well well at least you realized you weren't supposed to say it <laughs> well i mean too late <laughs> i came home my lady's like how'd the wedding go i was like ah, i think i insulted a couple of people <laughs> Were you drunk? I mean, yeah, 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 I'll give it that. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get into your skating. When, how old were you when you started skating? And how did you get into skating? Uh, I was nine years old. I used to ride BMX because I grew up out in Ramona before then. And there's just dirt. <laughs> and my adopted mom or, you know, my mom. I went to go live with her in Santee, and my sister's birthday was her seventh birthday, I guess then. Yeah, she's two years younger than me. Uh, we went to roller skate land. And my first time ever putting roller skates on, like wheels on my feet in any form or fashion. And I was mind blown. Like, that was it. Like, I went that one time, and I went, that's fucking crazy. Like, you're talking like I can just have wheels on my feet and go, th- go. It was mind blowing. So then, uh, 
my birthday, because hers is in April, my birthday is in May, uh, I asked for rollerblades. And I got rollerblades, and pretty much that's just why I wore them everywhere. I wear them taking a shit everywhere. It don't even matter. Like, you mean I gotta go get cheese? I'm getting cheese with grace. <laughs> that's it. As soon as I realized you could put wheels on your feet, I went, oh, that's crazy. This is the greatest thing in the world. Do you remember what skates you had? Um, not, damn it, it was some weird off-brand. You know, like, one of those weird, like, cheesy plastic ones with a shitload of buckles. Uh, but I do remember my first, like, real skates were uh, Tarmacs. Uh, you know what I mean? The real skates. Like, yeah, buddy, get some CDS Detroit, you know? And old brackets made of plastic, screw them side of your skate. Yeah, that's it. Metal grind plates. Grind that curve all day long, get a nice groove. Yeah. I remember those. I don't remember what those ones were called, but I know I had two pairs after that because I wore those things out pretty quick. And then finally I got aggressive skates. So how did you transition into aggressive from, you know, skating to the shop to get cheese? Um, isn't it natural progression? If you like something, uh, you continue to try to sell it. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it be math, art, or anything. If you enjoy it, if you become subtle in it that means you'll enjoy it anymore find something else to do uh natural progression well, yeah for sure and then how did you uh ended up meeting all your friends like nick and jimmy and and lyle and robbie um well i'm notoriously known for being kind of a dick um lyle and i looked pretty similar as kids uh when we were growing up and Lyle and I became friends because he was a bigger dick than me. And when we were in, I think, like, sixth grade or something, I didn't really know many people. And Lyle would get in trouble, and he would give my name. So my mom gets a phone call from the school, and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I didn't do that. So Lyle would get in trouble because he's a little shit kid and then blame me. Well, Lyle and Jimmy were best friends since, like, I don't know, like, two years old. So, Jimmy and Lyle always hung out with each other. So, eventually, I just decided, this guy's a dick, and I like him. So, then I skated with a couple other guys, and I got them into skating. And after we all started rollerblading, we would bike and rollerblade. And Lyle was really good at biking, and Jimmy and I both didn't really like biking, so we started rollerblading more, and then Lyle started rollerblading, and then, you know, we all know how good Lyle got. Yeah, <laughs> really good. He much was the first to do all the hardest shit known to man. <laughs> Lyle's probably one of the most sleeper underrated skaters from that era. Uh, in general, period. Uh Nick always said it best was that Lyle is a pro's pro. Actually, Robert Luvano said that. He said, Lyle is a professional for professionals. And if people don't appreciate him, well, whatever. But professionals do. Yeah, they do. They did. And people still talk about Lyle to this day and how influential he was. Uh, just go to Facebook. I'm sure he's bitching about something. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's my brother for life, so I can talk shit to him. And then how did you meet Nick and Robbie? Uh, Nick came later. Uh, we met, uh, so Robbie, I used to, at that time, at 16 years old, I worked at a screen printing shop, like, part-time. And it was, like, kind of a T-shirt shop in the front. 
and they sold rollerblades and skateboard decks and that kind of stuff. And actually, I was 15, and I asked for a job. And the dude gave me a job. It was called Incognito. And so I helped him screen print T-shirts. He had, like, a full rig, and that's what he did. That was his bread and butter. And then the shit up front was just, like, try to draw attention to his shop. You know, rollerblades and skateboards and that kind of stuff. And Robbie and his mom and his sister, which I'm married to and my baby mom now, I had came in to get Robbie rollerblades for his birthday. He was 14 at the time. And uh, they got rollerblades. And I went, oh, dude, I rollerblade all the time. I love this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And so we met at Santee Skate Park. They lived right down the road from. And so he would always come down and meet us. And then eventually we'd go up to his place to eat peanut butter sandwiches and stuff, you know white trash shit and uh we ended up becoming buds and he just became our young member of the crew and then nick we met nick through his older brother sal salwood who is you know if you watch old b bell videos doing true fish brands both ways down you know four stair handrails (laughs) uh nick was the younger brother who uh we randomly met them i think at grossman high school just random and uh, we started hanging out, and then eventually ran into, like, Mike Trahani and those kind of groups, and then eventually ran into, like, B-Bell and that kind of stuff, and then we started coming closer. Uh, Nick hated me for the first, well, probably three years, and his brother. Yeah, they always hated me. They used to pick Lyle up and Jimmy up and leave me, and I would have to take the trolley to meet them at, like, uh, City College and shit. I mean, it's not that big a deal. I mean, that's what you get for being a dick. Those trolleys in San Diego were really nice for getting around. Uh, back in the day, they were awesome. No, they're really not. Trolleys suck dick. They drop you in one location. Good luck. It's about five miles from here. <laughs> <laughs> the bus so, will be here in about an hour and a half. <laughs> so I was wondering if you if you were still with Robbie's sister because you guys were together lo- quite a while, like back like more than ten years, you know. Because uh, we're we're pushing like fourteen years, dude. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's awesome. So there's two options. Either I got a good dick, she got a good vagina, or we just, both these two wonderful items mesh well. <laughs> it's but a beautiful... I just heard her in the background. I made her <laughs> breakfast right before I called her. She's, a, she's there eating. <laughs> so I'm sure you see Robbie then quite a bit still? Mm, Rob just had a second kid. Oh, really? Uh, here and there, uh, Rob's... Rob's fighting a serious homebody. He's a crack-up now. Uh, I mean, there's nothing negative about his personality or anything, but he's, he's funnier now. Like, he just... He's like... Uh, what is that? Um, no, no. I don't know. It's he, he just like... He's like King of the Hill. <laughs> Honestly, he's just like King of the Hill. It's fucking comical. Just go to work. And you go out in front, you know, in his little area. He has a little alley area, too. Just sit there and be like, yep. Mm-hmm. I love Great. Robbie. Robbie's always a nice nice kid. Oh, yeah. I think he was a, probably the nicest out of all of you. At least it felt yeah. that way to me. I'll agree, I'll agree with you on that one. Yeah. That's an unfortunate thing to say, but it's totally true. <laughs> <laughs> and he's... Yeah. Are you still in contact with, uh, like, Jimmy and Lyle? Uh, yeah. Lyle calls me whenever his heart's broken or has some sort of emotional issue. Okay. Or he wants to cruise over, uh, you know, from Vegas. He's stuck in Vegas. He just, he's, I don't know. 
I love him to death. I wish he would just try in one direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I talk to him probably once a month, and then Jimmy and I talk at least at least once a week, and then he cruises over. He's over in Alcohol, so I mean, it's only a hip scout. You know, it's not that far. I know Lyle's still blading. What about Jimmy? Has he strapped on skates at all? We were until I tore my knee. Him and I would go out just by ourselves. We were actually working on a section. Uh, him and I oh, we wow. were going to do more of like an artistic style. Like I, I actually hate saying that. I'm embarrassed to that loud. Okay, <laughs> let me rephrase this. We were going to do a uh, more uh, uh, trick focus style. Uh, more like you know what I mean. If you were to do a soul grind, like how good you can make the soul grind look. Like because we're older. I'm, I'm, I don't even like skating down rails anymore. I would still do them. Him and I, like, I remember I grinded my first stairwell with him right before I injured my knee. And I hadn't put them on in a while since I broke my ankle. And I went, dude, when I hit the ground, I was shocked. I went, I'm going to land on my feet. Like, I don't think I can come off a down rail to my back anymore. Like, if I hit my back, I'd be like, oh, that's crazy. I pooped my pants. I got to go. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, we were skating quite a bit, um, even during the week after work and shit. And then I injured my knee, and then, you know, we only kind of like skating with ourselves and pretty much Steve. And actually John Frump. Both him and I really like, and, well, and Hayden. All right, that, that's the group that we like skating with because they're they're non-judgmental and they just skate. And if you skate with John Frump in real life, you realize, like, his sections don't really do him justice. And actually, Steve, too. They blow your mind. You're like, damn, that's crazy. Like, I used to be a professional. You guys are fucking sweet. <laughs> that's all uh, true. And Hayden's always been a killer. Oh, uh, yeah. Hayden's just gotten better. That last section he released, I was so impressed. Uh, what section was that, Steve? Oh, uh, his Dusty for his, his own company. I was so impressed. I went, damn, that's crazy. That's better than you do in real life. I'm very impressed. And then a question on everyone's mind is where's Nick Wood? <laughs> uh, I talk to his family maybe once a month or once every couple months. I talk to his brother a lot. Uh, nobody knows. We've all thought we've had secret sightings and whatever. Last time I spoke to him was shit. Three? Yeah, about three years ago. Three years ago, I bailed him out of jail. And <laughs> I mean, I don't give a shit. Fuck him. He deserves this. Um, he got caught stealing from Michael's. Yeah, oh, wow. Michael's, the art the art store. Yeah. What the hell are you going to steal from fucking Michael's? And how did you get caught? Just walk away. Like, <laughs> so, mind blown as I am, I'm at work and I get a phone call from uh, the jail. And they go, you have a call from Nick Wood. I'm like, cool, whatever, I'll accept it. And they're like, ah, well, we want to Oh, no, it was a bail bonds company. That's how it started. And I went, no, no, I'm bailing that motherfucker out. And they're like, what? And I go, I will bail him out. I said, if I can talk to him. And they go, what do you mean? I go, yeah, I'm not bailing someone out I can't talk to. So then I got a phone call from the uh, state penitentiary, whatever. And it was him. And I went, oh, you are actually in jail. That's funny. So it's not a scam. (laughs) I go, what'd you do? And, you know, we only have a limited amount of time. He's probably sitting on one of those pay phones like the movies. Like, I imagine he's all standing there. Everyone's looking at him. Like, oh, I got caught stealing from Michaels. He probably, got, he probably got raped right after this conversation. I'm almost sure of it. It's like, nobody's sitting there like, oh, I got caught stealing from Michaels. And they're like, okay, there's an easy target. 
So I went, all right, cool. I'll bail you out right now. Um, but you have to come to work tomorrow and just say hi and work your debt off. And bailed him out and never heard or talked to him since. That That's was crazy. Right then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of bummer, huh? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. He abandoned his family, house, everything. Did he have kids or anything? Yeah, he had two kids, dude. We built his house. Me, Nick, Mel, and Dan, we built his house. It was gorgeous. And he had two kids. I had pictures with his kids and everything. It was, yeah. Yeah, kind of a weird one. That's a shame. I don't know. So, drugs are weird, dude. Yeah. So, did you quit skating for a while yourself? Yeah. Because my right ankle, when I broke it in the, in the, uh, after I mouthed off the razor or shadow, and, you know, decided I'm going to be a big man and take a stance against these tyrants and, you know, you know, the whole team, they could all eat a dick, blah, blah, blah. I went and put on razors again. And shadows are lighter and they're more maneuverable and more of my style of escape. So I started riding razors and I was fucking around at a skate park. And we were, uh, Steve was there, he's giggling now. Uh, we had just started skating with Matula Doe, and Matula Doe does all those funny little like footwork things, like kind of like Domus Gunna style. And I was like, ah, oh, Matula Doe would like do something like this and then roll like this and then do like a true fish brain, you know, set slide into the curb. And I broke my ankle just like that. If I got caught in the crack and my body kept going and I couldn't get my foot out because the damn skates are all heavy. <laughs> And I broke my ankle, and I went, oh, my God, I broke my fucking ankle. So I had to sit in my own front seat while everyone drove me home while I was fucking whining like a little bitch. And then I, it just wouldn't heal up correctly. And that was my Nugent, Torque, True Topsoil. That was my everything foot. You know, my left foot's pretty much useless. I'm not a Canadian. What year was that? Oh, uh, shit. What year, Steve? 2016, 17? I feel like it was like it was literally right after the ground control session. It was right after the ground control session. Yeah, that was quite a while ago. I, I think like 2016. I mean, I was already filming. Dude, I have so many clips. I'll just give them to you. Or actually, I was going to give them to Steve. He's got first dibs. But I had so many clips. I was filming this section. Dude, I have some sick clips in those fucking razors. I was skating good. And I had to be a mouthy little shit fucking poking fun at one of my buddies and break my ankle and then that's it that's my that's my everything leg that's my safety that's my you know and so i was fuck this you skated for razors before you skated for shadow right i mean we had a section of you in the still this video yeah absolutely um i like the skates uh it's the only other skate other than shadow i can ride it's just that after you spend 10 years wearing shoes with sandals strapped to them with wheels it's hard to go to some fucking hard-booted, crazy thing. And I, I adapted fairly well, and it's just, it's different. And so recently, I actually bought a pair of Shadows recently. Uh, that's what I had been skating before I hurt my knee. And I, I actually forgot how much I loved them and like skating that much more. Like, they are amazing. There's nothing I can say about it. It's like, that's my skate. Do you skate the new style Shadows? Is that the ones you have? Oh, uh, no, I want them so bad. I'm going, uh, like, they're hard to fucking find, apparently. It's like finding a unicorn. The USD shadow? Oh, I want those so bad. You get this cool hip-hop boot and shit, you know what I mean? Like, you get to look like a gangster and rollerblade? <laughs> yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Look like Kanye up on these streets. How did you 
Well, first of all, your first boot sponsor was Razors, right? For yeah. skate and how did you get on Razors to begin with? Like, and how long did you skate for them? Pretty much you and Mac McMeads. Uh, enough to where I thought that I can be officially part of the team. And I was filming for the Razors video. And I don't know. I, maybe I missed a deadline or something. I don't know what happened. And all the footage that was for... Uh, fuck. What's the Levana's video that they crushed it? Oh, Street Fame. Okay, yeah. My Street Fame was supposed to be a Razor section. All and, right. Uh, Andy and I had a conversation because I wanted to move up to, you know, amateur, semi-pro level. Uh, I got too big of a head and felt overconfident to approach Andy, the owner of the company, to want a position. And the team maybe wasn't comfortable with my skating or my attitude or something like that. And any executive decision that that's not where I was going to be. And uh, I just pulled all the footage away and Lobanos and Eric Schreiner were making a video at the time. And I've always respected both of them. I went, Hey man. And that's how that worked out there. And I decided, fuck it, I'll just skate something else. I don't know if I can get rid of that. I don't want to support a company that I don't back. I think it was kind of crazy with razors at that period. If you look at, you know, the, the AM video I did, still this video, that AM team had some of the best skaters. I mean, the pro team was good too, but the AM team had some of the best skaters that razors never did anything with. And they all moved on to become big pros for other brands, you know, later down the line. Like, you know, I mean, you went to shadow, you got two pro skates, right? Yeah, I, I don't know that I was, like, the best asset for Shadow. I mean, as far as representation for, like, what the company stood for, um, I think I was, a, you know, a perfect representative for it. In all honesty, I think Stockwell was, you know, a better representative as well in his own way. I think Farmer was uh, – Farmer and Latimer what was Shadow stood for. And I just did the best I could to be a representative of, like, what the brand and the skate was supposed to stand for. Um, that style of skating, that style of uh, thinking and um, understanding skating in a different aspect. Um, you know, a soul grind is soul grind, but it's not. You know, I mean, like, you can soul grind a million different ways. How do you approach it? Do you take, you know, fast steps? Do you approach it low? Um, there's, you know, actually Steve had actually mentioned that Dominic Sciona brought this up, and I've said this throughout the years. There's five points to every trick you do. Um, it's the way that you approach a trick. Do you approach it with confidence? Do you approach it, you know what I mean? The way you come to a trick is almost like someone entering a scene. And then the trick you choose. You don't have to choose the hardest trick for the, the obstacle. You know, sometimes, some obstacles call for an easier trick, but it just is more suitable for the obstacle. So, you know what I mean? Like a soul grind on a drop row, I think, is cooler than a topsail. A topsail is more dangerous because if you kick over, you're going to fall over. But a soul grind is you're facing the danger. You know, it's like it's it's more, you know, aesthetically pleasing. Now that you've chose your trick, how how well do you conduct yourself during the trick? Don't do things outside of your realm of what you're capable of. You know, like if you've ever watched any of my skating, you never see me porn. It's because I have a lazy back foot. I'm too fucking stupid to fix it. So don't do things that are ugly. What's wrong with you? It makes zero fucking sense. Focus on your, you know, your higher qualities. And then, you know, now the execution through the trick. And then the most important part 
is your landing. Land that straight fucking fiber. Land it as if you've done it a million fucking times. And I don't care if it takes you a million times. Go do it again. Make it perfect. So, um, that's what I thought that Shadow brought to skating than other companies like, you know, Razors and stuff were more pushing towards progressing the sport and spinning and jumping and fucking backflip to a soul grind. You know what I mean? Um, I just didn't see skating in the same aspect. Uh, and I thought Shadow represented me better. And how did you get on Shadow? Um, I called Shane Coburn, drove up to uh, L.A., and then put his dick straight in my mouth. No, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I wouldn't suck a dick for a million dollars, oh. but I, you know, I did it to get on chat. No, <laughs> no uh, I uh, was associated with Shane through my game, and um, I just asked him if he has a spot and an opportunity for me to work up through the ranks. And he said yes, and then he said he'll talk to Dustin, which at times is my favorite fucking skater, him and Sagona. And I'm like, cool, you're going to talk to Dustin Latimer? I'm fucking cool, you know, I don't And Latimer was all right with it, saw the footage from Street Fame, and said, yeah, it'll be, I think he would make a good asset to the team. And from there, you know, just grind. Make as many fucking sections as I can, as many photos as I can, anything I can do to do any sort of publicity, to try to be a part of a team with Dustin Lyman. Like, that was like an honor. Like, I'm on the same team as my fucking hero. Well, I, you know, start from the ground up and grind. You gotta go. It's really cool. And then you had two boots, right? Two pro skates from Shadow? Yes, sir. As far as designing the skate, did you have any input on that? Yeah, full. Fully. Um, anything I really wanted. Um, if you notice on my, actually both skates, um, and difference between like farmers and stockwells and all this, that's not my pro, is that uh, I wanted a full strap system. So like they always had the front strap and then, you know, the middle strap, like kind of support area. And I always wanted more like a full fold over section. Um, cause I, it just felt like it encompassed my foot better and my feet and my toes uh, just to be able to manipulate the skate a little bit better. And then I wanted a thinner shoe. Like, they all want a kind of a shoe you can wear in public. And I chose the Ninja style because James Johnson had these random Adidas that were, like, cooler and shit. And they look like ninja shoes. I love ninjas. They look like he's had a bunch of towels folded over each other. I was like, dude, those look cooler now. They're like slippers slash you can jump over my house. So I designed them specifically after that. I'm like, I want to jump over a house and I want to be comfortable. And I want shoelaces in the way while I'm folding stuff over. So, I mean, they did literally everything. I, I was so shocked at uh, the amount of detail we were allowed to have. I mean, all the way to my second pro skate, I did clear soles on the boot with a lion in it. Like, I mean, they... Yeah, one. I was like, "Damn, that's crazy! I should like hide dicks in there." So, like, I was wondering how far I could push this shit. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was mind blown the amount of uh, attention and detail. You know, I honestly, I kind of blew it. Matthias and them were actually like super good to me, and I was just an ignorant little prick. So, how did your relationship with with Shadow end? Mainly, the main reason of all that was uh, uh, click. 
uh, click stuff. You know, uh, people people skate with each other. They jive. Um, personalities come together, and then uh, when you travel with like a you know your group, your team, uh, you obviously bond more. You share hotel rooms, you share beds. You know, that's just like how this shit goes. And uh, that the the whole other portion of the team were spending more time doing that and me being an outsider, but also being professional on the team, I was getting a little bit like kind of left out and they were spending more time doing their own thing. And then kind of changing the vision of shadow based upon like, uh, their own, their own thoughts. And it, it really bothered me a lot, actually it bothered me more than it probably should because it's not like I made a living. You know, I still work construction on it. It's just, it's that I put a lot of time, effort, and, you know, injuries into something that I had faith in. And so I just lost my shit and went, fuck all you guys, <laughs> basically. Like, fuck you guys. Like, really? That's what you're going to do? Like, you're going to value your guys' friendship and suck each other's dick more than, like, the vision of the company? And I guess that's how I felt, and I expressed it. And, and then you got on the razors, and then you broke your ankle. Yeah, man. And that was That's the. That's what I get, right? <laughs> that was the end. Congratulations, um, You quit your team and broke your ankle. <laughs> obviously, you're injured again now, but Derek Henderson wanted to know when you guys are going to skate again. So I'm assuming once you're healed. Uh, absolutely. You have no idea how much I want to put these kids on. Uh, I want to do one more section, and I have a lot of cool stuff. I actually just contacted. Uh... Oh, why am I drawing a blank guy's name? Dude, my favorite. Ah, what's that last section? Oh, Boyden. Ah, I hate the fact that his name is Boyden. I just like the name Eugen. Yeah, I like Eugen. Everyone's calling him Oigan. Like, Oigan just sounds weird. Like, I don't want to be like, what's up, Oigan? Like, Oigan, Oigan. Like, no, no, it's Eugen. <laughs> That's how we say in America, motherfucker. Uh, so Mike Lee hit me. I don't give a fuck. This is America. I'm going to say what I want. But... Whatever. Anybody got a problem with that, you dick. Okay, the red line blew all over this son of a bitch. But Mike Leaf hit me up because Mike Leaf still follows skating. And I don't follow as much as I should because I'm not on Instagram or Facebook or anything. And he goes, I just get a text from him. Him and I talk a lot. You know what I mean? He's, actually, Mike Leaf's a fucking G. Yesterday, he just texted me. He's part of a professional mountain biking team. That's just a quick side note. If anybody wants to follow Mike Leaf, yeah, crushing it. So he hits me up and he goes, hey, man, you got to watch this edit. He goes, this is the best thing I've ever seen. I went, all right, whatever. I watched the edit and I went, all right. I am not sure if I need to pee, jerk off, or poop. Like, I, I'm just so happy right now. Everything just feels exciting. So the first thing I do is I walk into the house and I, I shut off the TV, whatever my lady and my child are watching, and I put the edit on for my lady and my child. And even my lady goes, that was probably the best thing I've ever seen in an orbit. And I went, I know, huh? Like, don't bang him, please. <laughs> so I got started banging him. I was like, I'm already jealous of him. Like, he doesn't need to steal my lady, too. So then I hit up Steve, and I went, hey, man, can you get that dude's number for me? So then a few days after Steve gets his dude's number, I call him at my lunch break because he's over in Germany. It's eight hours ahead. And I, and I just called some bitch. I don't care. I never met him. I don't know a damn thing about him. Hello? <laughs> yeah. A little German accent. Cute. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, 
this is Eugene? Yeah. What's up, dude? This is Damien. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, Damien Wilson, dude. I, you know, I don't know if you ever heard of me. I used to escape from the company that you're basically, you know, the man of now. And he's like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I just want to tell you that that's the greatest section I've ever seen in my life. I, I don't even know if it, if it can be surpassed at this moment. For the longest time, it was Dustin Latimer's Mind Game 2 section, Happy's 4 by 4 section, which, which you know, probably still is better. Just, but, and then this, I went, that's life-changing. Like, you can make people that never rollerbladed in their entire life go, I want to rollerblade. Sorry, I went on a tangent, but I had to tell you about that because I fucking, I just love that section. I, I've watched it like 30 times. Like, if you watch his views, just know, just minus 30. You know, like, it's been viewed 1,330 times. Now it's been viewed 1,300 because 30 are mine. It is <laughs> insane. It's insane. You have to watch it, like, just to comprehend some of the tricks, like, 30 times. Dude, let's sit there. Where am I? Where's it? <sighs> Uh, that's what I envisioned myself being in skating if I kept skating is that section. I went, you are everything that I wanted to be and just better. Although he needs to work on a style a little bit here and there, but God, he's good. You did a lot of technical skating, a lot of switch ups, uh, and you did like a lot of kind of like, you know, step over switch ups too. Yeah, it's for my lack of talent. And and but that was like you know a few guys are doing really good like you and Stockwell, um, Mike Johnson. Who was the first person you remember seeing do like a budget switch up that looked cool? That looked cool, Ryan yeah. Norway. Yeah, Ryan Norway. Like hands down, Ryan Northway can do something simple and make it look perfect. And uh, uh, Robert Guerrero. Uh, the two of them can take simple things such as like a porn star and slip to a top soul and just make it like somehow awesome, which it wasn't like hard, technical or awesome at all. But when they did it, it was. Yeah, I loved uh, Robert. I mean, Robert's section in and no one's children, which you also had a section in. Oh, yeah. Uh, Robert Guerrero just stole the fucking the limelight. That fool, that fool jumped over like a, a car's worth of length and four feet down to a fucking flat rail. Like, it shit doesn't even make sense. Like That rail was gnarly, and it was all the kids watching. That shit was crazy. I was like, dude, I wouldn't even grind in front of this crowd. Like, that shit was nerve-wracking. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I don't even give a shit. What he did was just lunacy. Like, to see it in real life like made me uncomfortable. You've had a lot of sections in videos. What was the favorite one you made? Street fame. That was supposed to be for razors. That was uh, my heart and soul. Uh, that was the hardest I've ever tried for a section. Uh, that's the maximum I ever pushed my creativity. Uh, they lost a lot of clips, which is disappointing. Uh, in the very beginning of the section, when I was in Detroit with uh, JC Rowe back then, we went to the camp. That was, I was, actually, I know I was the first to do it. That's when I did a half cab mute grab back royale. And you can see a little clip of it. And they lost the clip. And then there was that famous Detroit red rail that was all kind of like low and mellow. And they lost the clip. I did a uh, half cab back torque with my foot behind me. Dropped the true top soil uh, 360 out. And then they, and I jumped through some teeny little gap into the uh, basketball court. 
he lost a lot of clips, which I was disappointed. But at the same time, uh, at least he, you know, got most of them. Uh, that by far, that's my favorite section I ever did. I'm going to have to go back and watch that because I don't actually remember it. Uh, that sucks for you, dude. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember most of the other ones. Um, was that your last profile? What? What was your no, I said, what was your last section in the video? Uh, ground control. Yeah, actually, I did pretty good for that one too. Uh, I wasn't. Um, I was still injured. Uh, like I, my ankle was already acting up before I broke it, and so I don't know. I just was. Oh, that was towards the end of Shadow. I just really wasn't into like skating. The only reason I did it is just because I still like skating. But I just, I, I only did ground control for Jonna and Andy. What was the first video you had a section in? Brian Bell. It was like a shared section or something. Uh, street dwellers. And when did you meet Brian Bell and start filming with him? Fucking City College, dude. It's where you meet everybody in San Diego. <laughs> uh, we met him at uh, City College. And, you know, because we had our group, we always competed with each other. So we were at, like, a, you know, a decent level of skating. So when we met them, we were there with, like, Ernie Ramos and, I mean, fuck, dude, Kevin Karras. So many of those, and those guys were better than us, and obviously we're not going to tolerate that shit. So we tried our hardest, and, you know, uh, we did good that day, and then um, they said, we'll see you here next weekend, and we did it again. And then we started traveling the trolley to meet him down to this and just become part of this group. Met all those guys, and... Uh, you know, the better they were, the more we would go back home, uh, you know, get off school and sit there and train, train, train until we got to their level. And then, obviously, that's not good enough. I'm going to pass these motherfuckers. <laughs> it's an art form. Keep progressing. And then we met you. And you were more connected with the industry. And, I mean, that's natural progression. Uh, I did feel bad about not skating with Brian as much, but he was more focused in, like, whatever he was doing. Yeah, like, and then he came back to rub it all in our faces and gap to Royale on San Diego. Like, yeah, motherfuckers, you take it better than me. He's like, hmm, yeah, no, that's crazy. <laughs> I watched that footage yesterday of Nick Wood doing the disaster troop Mizu on San Diego and then hitting his head one time pretty hard. Were you there? I think I was. The way that that went down is more amazing is we were in Zanti, and Nick said he wanted the disaster to Mizzou, San Diego. This is morning time. We're talking like, we used to wake up at like 7.30 and get ready to go skate every, every Saturday, every Sunday. And all of us went, what? <laughs> so we went there. And he, he disaster back royaled, which I was impressed with that. I went, oh, man, he's serious. He's actually going to do shit. Like, that's fucking nuts. And he went for it and then smacked his nugget. And he was bleeding everywhere. I mean, it was a pretty big hole in his head. So, you know, obviously, you know, we're like, mm, we got to go. So we, we took him home. We all went back home, drank beers like the lunatics we are, played beer pong, you know, dug holes, fucking duct tape Nick's head. And like, <laughs> we ain't going to the hospital. And uh, literally next weekend, we went back next Saturday. He goes, nah, nah, nah I'm going to go do it. And he went and fucking laced it for sure. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, what a lunatic. Yeah, that's crazy. That's such a gnarly trick on that rail. 
It's like getting punched in the face from like a big guy at the bar. You're like, oh shit, I'll stop mouthing off. And then he just went back mouthing off and knocked the big dude out. What was your favorite spot to skate in San Diego at that time? Did you have one? Like a go-to spot? Uh, just depending on the mood. Uh, it's been like if you want to skate ledges or something like that. Um, in San Diego, uh, Encanto was awesome, but that's something that only like you know. Dustin Jones days, remember mm-hmm. when he like, sold those crazy steep rails with the nub sticking out? Yeah. Remember that dumb little flat rail with the nub sticking out? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of my favorites. Uh, billiard trail. Uh, Farmer does like, the coolest, coolest backslide in the world with legs sticking straight out. Um, other than that, nah, it's just kind of, yeah, I mean, Grossman High School, I guess when we were younger, always, we, like, you know, before we had cars, we would wake up at, uh, 545, I lived over by Santana, so we had to skate about a mile and a half to get to Lyle's house, we would meet there, and then we would skate to the Santee Trolley Stop, because it used to be in a dirt field, and just the trolley. And we'd take the first trolley at 6.30 to go to Grossmont High School so because the security guard was a dick and lived right on the other end of where it goes into the football field. And so the only way we can skate is if we get there at 7 a.m. and be able to skate it for an hour and a half before the old man would kick our asses out. So, yeah, Grossmont High School was probably the best. That was a good school. So, you know, Nick Wood had that bad fall, and Lyle had that crazy fall off the Ocean Beach Pier Rail. What was that session like, and how bad did he get injured? Oh, we tried to talk him out of doing it like a million times. I'm like, dude, Carlos already did it. There's no point in doing it. He's like, yeah, but I want to do it. And fuck him. I'm a royal. And I'm like, yeah, but this doesn't make sense. Stop doing it. And he did, so he went to the top, obviously, but he did the down, flat, down, which is already fucking insane. Get down, flat, down. Oh, or I mean, yeah. So he did the two other ones. He probably did like 15 times. And then he just convinced me he can do it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, honestly, it looks pretty good. It looked really controlled. Yeah, why not? And so Nick went down onto the beach, which drops over the wall. It's like a six-foot drop. And he's over there filming. And then there's, there's a fuckload of people there for some reason. Uh, taking photos and doing that kind of stuff. And Lyle just wanted to show everyone that he's better than them. And I don't know. He was on his, like, ego trip. And... He kept leaning in, so he'd go down flat, fall towards stairs, down flat, fall towards stairs. And I went, yeah, but just do it like you were doing before. Just get right on top of the rail. Yeah, at this point, I had full confidence. Like, and he goes, all right. Well, I just went right over the rail. On it, dickhead, not over. So he, like, as soon as he realized he's screwed, he, you know, you drop your shit and try to grab the rail. And, I mean, that's still like a 20-fucking-five-foot drop. And you have a shitload of momentum. And so we're at the bottom of the stairs, which has got a six-foot wall. So I didn't see him hit, even hit the dirt. And me and Jimmy were standing there filming from a different angle. And neither one of us just moved. We didn't even just say anything. We just both looked at each other. I, I refused to even go look. I was like, ah, he might be dead. I don't want to see that. And Jimmy's like, I don't want to look. And people are panicking all over the beach. Fucking people screaming, call 911 and shit. Me and Jimmy are like, fuck. Like, this is going to be bad. And we finally, all right, well, he's our friend. We got to go check. And he's just sitting over there wheezing and shit. I'm like, oh, fuck, he's fine. I mean, he's just, you know, being a little bitch. So we get him up. We start fucking, you know, you know, massaging his chest and everything. Obviously, it's terrible. We landed, uh, from my view, it looked like he landed on his head. Terrible, terrible. Like, enough scared shit out of me. I thought I lost a brother. 
And uh, we, we can go, and he just gets up, he's all delusional, starts fighting cops and shit. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Uh, we'll take him to the hospital, don't call 911. And the cops wrestle him to the ground, and he's swinging at him and shit. I'm like, ah, fuck. Like, uh, they ended up restraining him, putting him in. Like, imagine that, like, he got broken collarbone, punctured lung, he's swinging at the cops, and they restrained his ass so I can put him in an ambulance. <laughs> That's a crazy fall, and an even crazier story, now that you've told it. Who are your favorite people to skate with outside of your Santee crew? Uh, nobody. Everyone sucks other than Santee crew. No, I'm just... <laughs> uh, actually, a lot of people, though. Um, I mean, honestly, uh, Steve. News about Steve. Uh, Casey McFarland. As far as, like, a regular, like, we can drive as individuals and skate and get fence done, uh, it would be, like, Steve, Casey McFarland, Horn. Horn's a brother. Joey Chase. Um, as far as like entertainment value, just for skating itself, for like uh, the purpose of like we're gonna go out and film and have a good time, and shit's gonna get done. Um, obviously, Aaron, Happy, Murder, like it was a blast, and it was fun because they make you push yourself because they're at such a higher level that you yourself actually skate better. And it, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing better feeling than like Murder doing something <laughs> sweet. And then you go do something better than he's doing right in front of his face. You're like, yeah, bitch. Like, that, that motherfucker is way better than me. But just being able to get that one spot, that one trick, like, mm, in your face. Um, And Elliot. Actually, Elliot and you, and you guys. But uh, Elliot was a blast to skate with, too. Because Elliot uh, seemed like he understood it better than everybody and just was there to skate and have fun. I wanted to move on and talk to you about some of your travels you did for skating. I know that you went to Abu Dhabi with, I believe Nick went. You guys went. What was no, that? I went by myself. What was that trip? For? Uh, sorry, what was that trip for? Uh, Abu Dhabi or the one that I went with Nick? Ecuador? What was? I guess you could talk about both the trips. Mm, Ecuador. Uh, Nick and I were working construction together, and Kato called and said. I think Haffy didn't want to go or something. And Haffy and Frankie didn't want to go. So, you know what I mean? Second string, let's go. Come on, quarterback. <laughs> so we had to go hold the game up. And he hit us up on Wednesday and said, hey, you guys want to go to Ecuador? And neither one of us had passports. We were like, yeah. And he goes, all right, you're going to leave Monday. Okay. All right, fuck it. So we both just quit our job right there. We went up to L.A., got an emergency passport. And came back home and went to fucking Ecuador. <laughs> and over Thanksgiving. That's why they didn't want to go. They didn't want to miss Thanksgiving. Me and Nick are like, fuck Thanksgiving. I spent like, how I many, 20 something years with my family on Ecuador. <laughs> so we both went and uh, Nick didn't tell his family, which is even funnier. So, like, it, in the Ecuador edit, when Nick's actually calling his dad and mom to say he's not making it Thanksgiving, it's actually real. It's fucking hilarious. I went, dude. Call your parents, you weirdo. You're not going to show up Thanksgiving at all. They're going to think you're missing. Like, that's how big of a lunacy he actually is. Dad. It's Nick. Hey, uh, I'm not going to be able to make it to, to Thanksgiving this year. Um, I'm going to Ecuador. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of already there. <laughs> Didn't tell his family, nothing. Brother, girlfriend, nothing. Just got in a fucking plane like a crazy person. <laughs> and okay. we just quit our jobs. 
That kind of explains <laughs> him today then a little bit, huh? Yeah. Um, Abu Dhabi, uh, Horn broke his leg, and uh, Red Bull needed somebody to go out there and do the demos, and uh, Horn recommended me. So I went out there uh, to represent <laughs> Horn and Red Bull. Abu Dhabi is cool. Dubai is a piece of shit. Serious, too. That place sucks, dick. It's weird. They have all sorts of rules. No holding the hand. Don't show your legs, your ankles. Yeah, be a, it place sucks, man. And then you go out to the beach. It's like swimming in a jacuzzi, which is pretty sweet. Except for you're just walking across like... I smoke a million cigarettes, dudes. That's embarrassing out there. It was just cigarette... I didn't even know there was sand. I just thought that like we were walking on cigarette butt pads. It was fucking embarrassing. I went, damn, that's crazy. Abu Dhabi, cooler than shit, dude. And they have cool skaters, good skate parks, and everything else. Dubai, pile of shit, bunch of prostitutes, hypocrites, cigarette butts. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks dick, overblown. Fuck that place. And then you went to Europe, too. What, what was that trip for, and what happened? The first time is actually hilarious. So I just became pro for Shadow. And uh, their organization and stuff during that time was fucking re- ridiculous. And we we're supposed to go to the Bitter Cold Showdown, which they just bought me a plane ticket. That's it. Like, it to Germany. You know what I mean? And it's like way north Germany. It's fucking far shit away. It's fucking Bitter Cold from Munich. You mean winter class? So, yeah, yeah. And that's it, though. I got a ticket. Just no other information. I'm dead serious. <laughs> that's not a joke, dude. So I'm like panic mode now, like, well, how do I get there, and where do I stay? Where is it? <laughs> like, I got a fucking flip phone back then. Like, how the fuck, how am I going to do this, dude? So I called Kato, which Kato is the man, and Kato fucking took me under his wings. So next thing you know, I'm a fucking shadow rider hanging out with Razors and uh, Rem's team. And I show up, and, you know, Shadow Team, USD Team have their own rooms and shit somewhere in this weird town. And I'm like, well, fuck all those guys, though. I'm just going to hang out with Andy and Kato. Because, you know, Andy and I bickered over my ego, but I still love the guy. And Kato's the man. I'm like, that. And I invited Robbie, my sister, and Robbie's girlfriend. So next thing you know, Andy gave us all our own room in this fucking badass house he rented. Uh, I'm like, man, this is fucking sweet. Other than that, yeah, I just got a ticket and sent there, and good luck. <laughs> so we rented our own car and all that shit, and then we went over to Austria, hung out with Horn and his brother and all that shit, but <laughs> we drove all around there. We went 125 miles for four hours straight. Yeah, how rad that is. And we got a speeding ticket on the Autobahn. That was the best. My sister was driving. She goes, we got sent back here to the U.S. My favorite, she goes, what do I do about this? And I go, what, are they going to come over and arrest you? <laughs> when are you going back to Germany? Tell them to eat a dick. Like, just draw a dick on a piece of paper and be like, here's your payment. Like, are you kidding? Speeding ticket on the Autobahn? Jesus. Are you still in contact with Horn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the problem is the time ratio. So they're eight hours ahead. So, like, Typically, I, I have to hit them up on, like, weekend or on lunch break during work, and then it's, like, 8, 9 at night there. And then uh, usually it's just him and his drunk brother. Like, his brother is not a drunk brother. That's rude to say. But they're usually getting sallied up, and it's funny. They just talk a bunch of shit. I think they like to talk because they don't obviously speak a lot of English if they're not talking in English. And uh, 
they're both like, yeah, let's talk English and talk shit to Damien. <laughs> it's a blast. I tried to contact him about like once a couple months. I went there. I was in Salzburg area, like, I don't know, three years ago, and I tried to get, get a hold of him, but he never responded, so. Oh, really? I, he's got this thing. Um, uh, he doesn't like redheads, dude. I it's mean, a common, it's like, a common it's thing. thing. Yeah, we all have our thing. Like some people don't like onions, whatever. Like he's just kind of thing. Like he doesn't like redheads, he doesn't trust them. Like, I'll call him right now and be like, hey dude, what's your deal with redheads? John's on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we'll get to the bottom of it soon. Um <laughs> all right. And <laughs> oh, shit, you're yeah. don't be turning anymore, right? So, <laughs> you also rode for Revolution Skate Shop in Arizona. Yes, sir. My favorite sponsor I ever skated for, and the most wonderful people uh, ever represented. And you were lucky enough to go to Alaska with James on one of the yeah. Revolution trips. What was that trip like? Which one? And what awesome story you want to hear from that? You mean the fact that me, James, and Mike French went out on a boat, and the swells came in so high that James looked, it turned pasty white? James ain't white. He, he was whiter than me all of a sudden, and I went, uh-oh. And if you fall off this boat, you've only got 30 seconds before you die because the water's so cold. Meanwhile, we had just caught seven halibut, the smallest one being 35 pounds, the biggest one being 53 pounds. Now we have seven gorgeous fish on our boat, and we're going to die out here. Or when me, Mike, French again... And James are in the middle of a in a river. Uh, James teaching us how to fly fish, and we're snagging humpies because it's a trout season. They're going upstream, but they ain't biting shit. They ain't trying to feed, so they have these big humps on the back, and you just throw it out there and reel it in quick and hope you catch the hump on the back. And then you got that motherfucker on the back, like yeah, I got a humpy. Then you fight that son of a bitch as you're torturing it to death through the water. I mean, that's reality. And a bear walked out, and I've never heard James cuss in my entire life. And he turns around to me. It's James up front. I'm about 20 feet behind him, and Mike's about 20 feet behind me. James turns around. He goes, don't fucking move. Just like that. And I went, oh, he's serious. And I turned forward, and there's a bear, like, 30 feet in front of James. just in the middle of the river just drinking water. I went, aw, dang it. And we hiked in, like, three miles. We got to go back where that bear came from and hike. And me and Mike French are fighting to not be in the back. Like, because we have James in the front. Like, fuck it, he'll take out James or someone in the back. So we're both fighting to be the guy in the middle. Like, like no, I don't want to be in the back. Fuck off. We're sitting there fighting the whole time. Like, no, nah, man. Like, I don't want to be snagged off. Alaska in a nutshell. Uh, I got to hang out with Dustin Latimer, saw bears, and uh, caught a lot of fish. Amazing. The Fester video, which was really good. And it's like one of the few videos you can't actually find on YouTube. Who filmed that video? Uh, on that, it was Joey, me, Nick. I think Steve even filmed a couple of those, didn't you? Um, but mainly Joey, me, and Nick. Uh, you don't you don't hand the camera to John John. Like John John, love him to death. He's a little prestigious guy, and he don't you know just go do what you do best and skate better than all of us. <laughs> Have you followed his skating now? Uh, John John's. John is just incredible. Same with Joey. Both of them are just incredible skaters. They're not my favorite uh, by any means because I view skating differently. But uh, I respect their skating like to a degree. Uh, it's just remarkable. 
with Fester. How did Fester start? Like, whose idea was it? And you, you were around for a while, but then it ended. What happened? Oh, I'm a terrible business person. Um, actually skating, working, and then doing uh, the work on the side, like ordering wheels, keeping constant communication with your team, dealing with artists, going back to um, getting everything. Uh, what's that term called? Uh, when you take artwork to get it, uh, uh, it's like rendered where uh, you can make it any size. Vectorized? Yeah, yeah, get it vectored. I mean, there's a lot of processes and steps in that. Um Folding shirts, packaging shirts, packaging wheels, shipping, dealing with companies, and that kind of stuff. And, that, and I'm not going to do this shit. Uh, I didn't... Uh, I, I just fucked up. You know what I mean? I dove in head deep. I uh, didn't realize what comes in with the responsibility of running a business uh, while trying to also be a professional. And in hindsight... If I wasn't actual, like, taking it serious, I would have handled the business aspect more. And I would have grabbed Billy O'Neill and took myself off the team, my own ego. Uh, my own ego ruined the company. Uh, I mean, that's reality. If I didn't put myself on the team and put Billy O'Neill, John John, and Joey, uh, that would have been it. We would still be up and running, and, you, and we all know it. Uh, so my own ego ruined it. That's about it. Did you have a contest where you gave away free wheels for life? Yeah, and I mean, uh, a lifetime in rollerblading is six months, so <laughs> I got hooked up. <laughs> Who did the art for the brand? Uh, one of Robert Leavanos' friends out in New York. Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, I like the guy a lot. He does stuff for like Echo, and the guy was a really cool guy, actually. And then the butthole was drawn by Jimmy. Next wheel. I actually have all the original like uh, in uh, frames because it was hilarious. We kept changing it. Like, no, no, no. Make his bubble spread a little bit more. Like, it was fucking comical. We were trading, and we did it rudimentary style. Like, you got to imagine Santee white trash shit. We traced the outside of the wheel and then traced the inside of the wheel. And then Jimmy drew within the wheel. Like, because we're too dumb to realize that you could just draw something and put it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was a cool brand. You know, it was a cool brand. I liked it. I wish I was more open-minded and listened to the team and uh, people around me more. I think it could have been successful, but you know what I mean? That's the egotistical shit. You know, we're all males. I want to go back to your early skating. What was the first photo you had of yourself in a magazine? Do you remember? Two topsail. Uh, Dana Point and King Trump. Yeah, I know. Two-page spread, fool. I was working at Papa John's at the time. I walked in and went, yeah, I'm sorry I'm late for work. I'm in a magazine, motherfuckers. <laughs> That's rad. Yeah. A senior in high school. Imagine that, like, congratulations, you are what? The captain of the football team? Yeah, I'm in a magazine, motherfucker. Yeah, that's what I did. True topsoil on King Trail. <laughs> yeah. You were kind of lucky being in San Diego because, you know, at the time it was kind of the hub of blading with Daily Bread, and it's one of the reasons you got in so many videos and so many magazines. Ah, luck, schmuck. When you're good, you're good. <laughs> Actually, I was very blessed. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a good time to be there skating and at a level of skating that you were doing. Uh, well, also, you had people coming in from all around the world. You know what I mean? Like Justin Buchanan. Uh, the, the amount of talent that you're surrounded with, it, it makes it impossible for you not to progress as an individual. So, like, you know, two plus two is two, right? All right, okay, that's what you know. And everybody around you only knows two plus two. Well, what if a motherfucker comes up and goes, hey, two plus three is five? You're like, oh, shit. What? Well, shit. Can we add three and three? And yeah, the more you surround yourself with 
you know, further knowledge and, you know, and naturally you're going to advance. So, yeah, absolutely. I was blessed in that aspect to from people all around the world that were better than me at time and uh, gave me a goal to reach. Yeah, it's hard to imagine where you want to go if you know what I mean. All you know is what you know. So if you surround yourself with people that are better than you, then you can see what they do, and then you can imagine possibilities beyond it. You're right about the people coming to San Diego. You know, at that period, everyone wanted to be in Daily Bread, and if you're good, you came to San Diego. You got shot for the magazine. You got filmed. A lot of those guys stayed at my house, so I would bring them on the sessions with you guys. Yeah, and then jump them off in my house. <laughs> and moving to your house you had a lot of skaters stay there i know one of the our favorites would come down there was edwin man i thought like i gotta find my phone uh him and i used to text each other all the time like yeah dude edwin from hell we called him that just because jimmy didn't know his last name that's how he got that when jimmy was editing the video for santi he goes what's that dude's last name i was like i don't know he goes all right well, that was a hell of a trick. Edwin from hell. Just like that. <laughs> That's how he got his name. I'm like, cool, dude. <laughs> I like it. The Santee house, your house he lived in, was pretty crazy place. I mean, your mom at that point was taking care of handicapped people. So you had a lot of people living at the house. And then you had a lot of friends over and you had a lot of parties. And you guys did a lot of dumb shit <laughs> in your backyard. Yeah, dude. I'm actually surprised my mom like even likes me. I don't know, I don't know if she likes me. I know she loves me, but I'm 38 now, and I think I'm like still trying to like become friends with her again. Like I, I fucked up. <laughs> uh, it was worth it. We had a 47 foot pirate ship in the backyard. We had a we had a 16 stair handrail. My pig still lives there because I don't have space for him here. <laughs> I was wondering what happened to your pig. Oh, no. We can get rid of him, dude. That dude, I, he will stick around until I'm about 50. So the pirate ship had a, like a rail and a ramp connected to it. It's gnarly. And it had a plank mm-hmm. where you would have to walk into a pit. Well, you weren't supposed to go off of it. I mean, <laughs> but people did. Yeah, I like think it is. And was that into the same? a horseshoe pit with a, a pike sticking up. You guys dug, I remember you guys dug a hole in your yard one time and you guys had like some jellyfish and we're wrestling in it. Yeah, uh, we all got laid off. Uh, uh, me, Robbie, Jimmy, and uh, Nick all worked together and our company just closed down one day. And that was on a Friday. So we all went and got beer. Went in my mom's backyard like we normally do, and we were drinking, and we go, well, what do we do? So, I think it was like Nick. You know, we'll dig a hole, sit in it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Why wouldn't we? So we did. We just started digging a hole. And next thing you know, it's like 2 in the morning. We got a pretty good-sized hole. And we looked over, and we got a above-ground trampoline. We went, I wonder how much work it is to put that trampoline flush to the ground. That's how that started. Fuck it. So for the next two weeks, sitting there with picks, shovels, like idiots, just digging in like clay. We dug a hole and just drank beers because now we're collecting unemployment. I'm like, what else are you going to do? Like, what do you do with your days? Like, collect unemployment, dig a hole for a trampoline. Like, I don't know. Nothing I'm proud of, but it happened. <laughs> so we decided we're going to make a flush ground trampoline. 
And then once we got the hole so big, it was shocking. We'd be down there playing drinking games and shit. You know, you got like six motherfuckers sitting in the hole. It's hilarious at this point. You know, just sitting in little lawn chairs and your head's below the ground level. Like, at this point, now we're just getting giggles. Like, we have to do the ground chair thing. So then once it got fully the size it needed, we're like, dude, let's do a mud wrestling championship. Like, you know, we're still roughnecks and rednecks. <laughs> so we got to beat the shit out of each other in mud. Like, I've never been in a mud wrestling match. None of us has. It's not like a common thing. Like, how often do you find mud and five friends that you just want to beat the shit out? Like, it's not a very common thing. So we're like, fuck it, dude. Turn it in a mud thing. Well, it just so happens that somebody had come back, and it was during that jellyfish season where they all wash up on the shores uh, over here in San Diego. And they're like, check out all these jellyfish. We're like, fuck it. That's the secret weapon. So then we mudded it all down and then filled it up probably a couple inches of water on the bottom. And then we threw in three jellyfish, and that was the secret weapon. So, like, you reach down, grab jellyfish, and slap somebody with it. And then it stings like a motherfucker, like, more than you imagine. They were dead, but it still hurts. It's amazing. Yeah, and that's the reality of it. <laughs> I remember one time, uh, didn't Nick get cut with some glass really bad? Yeah, him and uh, McFarlane. Casey McFarlane. Uh, we call him Cornet. Uh, Cornet just, like, came out here and just never left for, like, four months, which was super comical. And... Uh, Nick's like, you want to make some money? Come to work with me. And they were just taking a mirror off a bathroom. One of those big, stupid mirrors, you know, an old-school apartment-type shitholes. A big mirror. And Nick was telling him, when you pop it, you got to pop it loose and don't let it hit the countertop. And Nick fucked up. It slipped out of his hand, just barely bumped the countertop. And a big old giant sickle motherfucker came down, and Nick went to run away. And as he was running away, it came down and hit just behind his knee, all the way down to his ankle. He ended up with something stupid, like 40 something. Stupid. The best was Cornet drove him to work. So I was in Cornet's truck, and he had to take him to the hospital. And I don't know if you've ever seen a cut that big. It, it leaks a lot of blood. So he, by the time he got to the hospital, it was sloshing in the floorboards of Cornet's oh. truck. Oh, that's gnarly. <laughs> Didn't I, somebody else cut with glass at your house? I thought I remember somebody getting hurt on your patio. I don't know what time, dude. Which one? <laughs> well, okay. Meantime, like Jimmy, we watched the UFC fight, and Chuck Dell lost for the first time. And my buddy decided that he can beat up Jimmy, and Jimmy just threw him over his shoulder and snapped his leg backwards. And then we had to take him to the hospital all drunk. Like, we all drove in, like, oh, man, that was an accident. Like, stop fucking with Jimmy. <laughs> What's the craziest thing that happened in your house? Because I know there's a lot of stories, but there has to be one or two that stand out as being the craziest and dumbest. Uh, in what aspect? Embarrassing or uh, like illegal or gnarly? I guess gnarly. In what category do you want me to fall let's in? Go gnar- let's go one embarrassing and one gnarly. All right, most embarrassing thing? Uh, we had heard of Edward Forty Hands, and it was broad daylight, probably like nine in the morning. And my mom was supposed to be out of town, so we're in the backyard, and we all decide we're going to do Edward 40 hands. You duct tape them to your hands until you finish both 40s. Wait, uh, you can't take a piss. How are you going to take a piss? You're going to tape to your hands, and they're both open. What are you going to do? We're all sitting there, and my mom shows up. Like I'm not even halfway through my first 40, all of us. We have like five of us sitting in a circle like idiots. I'm, 
no idea why we decided it was a good idea. We sat in circle facing each other like assholes. And uh, she shows up and she goes, what the fuck are you guys doing? And we're like, hey, we're 40 games. And you got to piss, dude. And nobody's allowed to, uh, that was the point. Not allowed to leave your chair until you finish your, your deal. So that was the point of it being embarrassing. So either you're going to finish those six shits quick or you're going to piss your pants. Dry. This is how it's going to work. Nobody leaves their chair. Oh. <laughs> yeah, dude. So I pissed my pants in front of my mom as a grown adult with two forties taped to my hand. Pretty embarrassing. That's pretty rough, dude. I mean, that's, that's reality. <laughs> um, and then gnarly, uh, some dude uh, started mouthing off my sister and one of our friends fucking punched him so hard it broke his jaw like like almost out. <laughs> like, and then we had, we had to deal with like detectives. It turned into like a serious thing. Like fuck. Like. But, I mean, I was proud of my bud. He ended up going to jail for, like, three years for it. It was fucking gnarly. He hit him so fucking... One punch, too. And I was like, man, that's crazy. Three years? I remember... I also remember that happening. I remember there, there was a lot of stuff happening in your house. I mean, some of the things you did were kind of... Kind of like jackass type. Was Did jackass have any influence on you guys? Or were you guys just crazy by yourself? I remember we were that way before. And once jackass came out, I was so jealous. But... In hindsight, now that I'm an adult, I am so glad that I don't have to be Steve-O, and in order to make money, I have to show up on a fucking a place and jump through a bunch of tables and, and shit on myself. So, you know, I'm glad that, you know, we didn't take it as far as them. I want to talk about your big injury. Well, the loss of your finger. What happened there? Oh, my nub? You your nub. Really quick? You still have it in a jar. What are you talking about, dude? My house starts on fire right now. I'm going to throw my lady over my shoulder, my kid under my arm, grab the 12-pack and my thumb so I can sit out here and make sure these two are safe, drink beer with my fucking most prized possessions, and watch my house burn. Yeah, well, like, let's see, a, let's see your nub. You got it? Let's see it. Oh, you want me to grab it really quick? All right, talk to Steve for a second. Do you know where it is? Uh, it's in uh, these two drawers right here. Uh, it's right up front. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. Oh, how did you how did you cut your finger off? Uh, it was still solid. No, it was just an accident. It jumped, you know what I mean. And I was holding the thumb guard. Ironically, I was using the thumb guard, and it popped. And when I hit a screw, and when it popped, it slid in the front section, not underneath. And there's like a, a V there. Anyway, where's the treasure now? So you hold the thumb guard forward, oh. and it, it just slid. I don't care what anybody says, but uh, when you when you cut your finger off the shards, like oh it's so fast it doesn't hurt. I was like you're full of fucking shit. It felt like somebody took a sledgehammer and mashed my hand. Oh here it is. Look. Wow. Oh that's good. It actually shows up better than I thought. Yeah, does look, it? Look at it dude. Look does at it still look the same as it did when you put it in there in the first place? What do you mean before I cut like, it? Like I mean, does it look exactly the same as in the what is it a formaldehyde or something? Yeah, cool. You can still see dirt under the nail. Look at it. Yeah, yeah I see it. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's crazy. That's pretty good, huh? Yeah. That's impressive. I was actually thinking about um, starting a formaldehyde uh, sleeping chamber so that I don't age anymore. Mm-hmm. That could work. <laughs> <laughs> that could work. You should try it out. <laughs> That's amazing. And did, did that affect, like, working at all? Cutting your finger off? Yeah, absolutely. You, all right, dude. You ever... Uh, this is a redundant question. I know. Uh, all right. 
slightly going to embarrass you a little bit. I was going to say, you ever do roofing shingles? Yeah, I know you haven't. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> I know. So, when um, when you have eaves, which are the things that when you have a wall that comes here, and then, all right, here's a better way of showing this. So you have your wall here, and then the part that overhangs it, um, that's called an eave. Well, when you put shingles on, you can't run uh, your nail guns that hold the shingles down typically because they're usually like an inch and a quarter. So if you were to look up underneath your eaves, you'll have a shitload of fucking nails sticking down below. So you can't run your nail guns for roofing nails. So you have to hand nail. Well, typically you run half-inch hand nails. All right. Half-inch. See that right there? That's five-eighths of an inch. How the fuck can I hold it? So every time I would hold one of these stupid things, I would smash my thumb just to get it started. <laughs> yeah. Hey, will you grab that teeny little screw? Nah. And you had mentioned your your boss now also has a nub. My boss has the exact same nub, like it, it or nub. It. So the first time I met him was one of my buddies asked me to assist him roofing a house, and I went. It was a Saturday. Man, yeah, fuck it, we'll go do it. He goes, you can drink, you can you know whatever. I'll pay you two hundred fifty dollars for the day. Man, yeah, fuck it, not better to do today. We go there, and this dude's got, he's got all the wrong materials and everything, and I'm just giggling my ass off, like, all right, whatever, is that, hey, you want me to do it, I'll do it, I don't care, you know, it all pays the same to me, and so he goes to introduce himself, he's like, hey, how's it going, I'm Joe, and I noticed on his left hand right away, uh, he had missing his thumb like mine, and I went, ha, you're missing your thumb, and he kind of looked at me, taking back a little bit, and I was like, what do you do to get that stupid injury? Just insulting him as much as I can right away. Just put him on his heels. And uh, now he's taken back. And I went, I'm just fucking with you, dude. I'm missing one, too. And now he's like, what the hell just happened? I go, come on, touch it. <laughs> I just met this dude. <laughs> come on, touch it. Touch it. And he did. And I went, with our nubs united, we have one full thumb. We're a team. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's my boss still. Yeah, I still work for the dude. And what do you do now for work? Uh, whatever I want. I uh, just built shit, dude. Uh, we, uh, we just got done uh, doing a foundation plan and concrete just got poured today. And then we're about to do a huge addition. Uh, like add on to the house, multiple gables. And uh, day before that, I built some stupid custom vanity for, you know, like one triangle wall mount and things like, hey, can you make it look great? Oh, there you go. Bring it. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. Job oh, right yeah that looks good. Yeah, dude. Cool. <laughs> Rad. Uh, just built it. I actually like my job a lot. To be honest with you, I don't get paid nearly as much as you know I want, but I don't know. I guess you got to make that compromise. I mean, it's hard work. Uh, the dude that was just showing you the phone, <clears throat> him and I were tying rebar yesterday, which. I'm not supposed to be doing that shit, but it doesn't really matter. Somebody's got to get in the ditch. It, we were bleeding everybody. We had four guys. All of their fingers were covered in blood and everything from getting poked by the stupid everything. It's like, damn, this sucks. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, everybody was bleeding, dude. But I still like it. I want to move to some stories. <laughs> One of them. When Chris Staffick and Belina slapped you with the crawfish and you retaliated, how? I did get them back. Only just to prove a point. I feel like a dick that I got them back because they did something funny and they should have got the upper hand on me. And 
I felt like I had to, uh, you know, represent Sandy. You know, you don't fuck with us like that. You know, when you thought something coming back to you. So Daffic that night, uh, there was a porch, kind of like what I'm sitting on, and I came behind him and I was pissing, and, and I filled my hands full of sriracha. And after I was done pissing, of course, yeah, smarter than that. Put the dick away before you start putting the hot sauce in your hands, and then rubbed it in like you know, lot both hands full. And he's sitting like I'm sitting, and I came up behind him and went straight to his eyes and peeled him back and did the rubberoo. And then now he's he's all in panic mode, trying to get Sriracha out of his eyes. And instantaneously, I ran around the porch, came in. John John's there, all like, "What the fuck happened?" And then I grabbed John John and I just body slammed him right into the table. And I went, "Got you back, bitches!" And like onto the beers, everything, just body slammed his ass. That's gnarly. And then we all called it even. <laughs> and that's not the only time you slap somebody in the face with something on your hand, is it? Oh, no. <laughs> you talking about, talking about old Kamaruski? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I feel bad for him because I actually like the guy, uh, you know, but I mean, he had it coming. <laughs> we warned him nicely. I said, hey, man, come on. We're not in the mood. We're just here to be here. And, well, sometimes he push it. Actually, that's pretty good, dude. That's. In hindsight, I don't even want to say it out loud. That's why I'm. That's kind of shit you can go to jail for for like ten years later. Like that's some serious shit. What we did, like, and I, I'm like a grown up now, and I think like that's fucking nuts. Like you don't do that. I'm surprised you don't murder me and my whole family. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he, he could. You know what I mean? It would be a fair way, but like Jesus, dude. Like I don't know. Uh, he. I don't know how you can make us that mad. <laughs> was this in Florida? Uh, no, that was a uh, bitter cold. Okay, bitter cold. Was it bitter cold? Yeah, Detroit. Mm, that's right. Oh, in Detroit, remember Bar Bar? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the karaoke bar. Oh, love that place. Was that the same bitter cold that had the crazy hotel party? Yeah, you mean where Charles Dunkel tried to kill me? Yeah, in that's the one. Uh huh. And we all had to sleep with shoes on, and we all had to flip the mattresses over because there was too much broken glass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a wild hotel party. And uh, what did the Florida guys do to Robbie's couch? Oh, they piss on it all the time. Florida guys just piss everywhere. It was like their thing, especially Joey. At one point, Joey was so notorious for pissing. I mean, I love Joey. He's gonna be all pissed off about it, but I don't care. You got pee pee pants, you pee. It got so bad to where when he would come into town, we put an air mattress in the living room for him because, like, dude, he's already pissed every cushion. So, <laughs> this is when I first started dating Shelby, kind of like getting serious with her. And I remember I came out to go get water out of her bedroom, and Joey's in there, and I go walk by him to the kitchen. And I'm not joking, he's not going to be happy about me saying this, but it's fucking great. So, you know, air mattresses kind of sink in a little bit, you know, like, kind of like as they deflate a little bit. He had pissed himself so much that it was creeping up his shirt, you know, like how moisture creeps up. And he had, like, it was creeping up to his chest area. It's not like he was submerged in pee. It's not like, actually, you know, five gallons of piss. It's just because there was enough to where it was creeping up the dry fabric. And one of the other Florida boys was in the bathroom throwing up at the time. And I'm like, this is fucking chaos, dude. So I needed to pee. So I'm in the kitchen peeing in a red solo cup. 
drinking water, staring at Joey, covered in piss, watching a creep up his shirt, just giggling my face off. And I'm like, I don't know who's in the wrong area. Like, I'm a white trash dude just sitting in the kitchen, pissing in a solo cup, giggling my ass off because I can't use the toilet because someone's puking while this dude's covered in piss, just creeping. I was like, oh, man. I'm like, that is how I fell in love with him. So Connor wants to know if you'll sign his boobs for him. Boobs? That was his question. <laughs> like, uh, he doesn't have, like, woman boobs, does he? No. I got to smack them around first. But yeah. <laughs> we got to see what they're doing. What'd you pay for there, big guy? <laughs> and, uh, and your armpit tattoo. Yeah, I remember when you got that What's in Florida. Like a, it's a, of course. What is it? Oh, oh, good lord! Oh, it's a party bus, dude. Here, get in there. <laughs> it's a party bus. So, oh, there we go. Uh, yeah. So when we went there for the ground, we were filming for the ground control video, and fuck, we had all sorts of people. It was fun. So Andy had rented a two-door car. I'm not fucking with you. A two-door car. This little weird yellow thing. Thing I had to go pick up because I was supposed to take care of all this. You know, Damien, go take care of everybody, get the rental car and all that stuff. I mean, already a bad decision. So <laughs> uh, I'm like, all right, go get the rental car. And it's just a little yellow thing with two doors. And I went, oh, hell no. Like, that's not even an option. How the hell are we going to fit anybody with this? So I called Eggers, and Eggers approved it under, you know, Andy's discretion. Andy wasn't happy about it. So we got the fucking, we got the van. We upgraded into. I don't know if you've driven in a minivan. Like, when you're in a minivan, you feel like you're, in, like, in heaven. Like a Ferrari or something. Like you got air vents in every direction, surround sound, TVs behind every seat. You're like, how the fuck have I never owned something like this? And then, you you know, you get out going 7-Eleven. You come back, and you're like, fuck, I'm driving that? <laughs> so that's our party <laughs> bus. Everybody, nobody ever wore seatbelts. So the stupid thing was always dinging. <clears throat> So the new rule was uh, we always click the seatbelts in because everyone's a bunch of drunk lunatics. So everybody click your seatbelts in and you just sit on the seatbelts. That way I don't have to hear the stupid dinging. <laughs> and then uh, it has a black eye because, uh, oh, who's younger? Andrew, who's the youngster? Andrew. Jacuzzi. Boom. Andrew Jacuzzi, too young to get into the bars over there in Orlando. But we snuck his ass in like, you know, geez. Um, Nick, Nick something from Alabama or whatever. He was supposed to be shooting photos. Uh, Nick, fuck, I can't remember his last name. So, Nick's kind of a wild boy. Alabama, Alabama boys are, yeah, and that's just how that shit works. He runs his mouth off to somebody in the middle of the dance floor. We, we're not even there fucking fifteen minutes in this fucking place. It's like one of those ones where it's like this room's a club. This does this, and Nick gets his ass knocked out. Not only does he get knocked out, he gets punched once, knocks him out cold. And then does the spin around, lawn darts into the ground, splits his face wide open, and breaks his collarbone. Single punch. Yeah. So, I'm not part of that. You know what I mean? They're in this different, like, dancey club area, and he's dumbass running his mouth. Some big dude just knocked him out like an idiot. So, Andrew Jacuzzi and a bunch of other people, because we had, like, 20-something people that had to get. So, these motherfuckers had to walk their asses back there. You know what I mean? Me, Joey, Sammy, you know, the boys, and uh, Julian, all of us are fucking... Still hanging out. We don't even know any of the shit happened. Finally, the bars and all that shit closed down. We show up. This bull's just fucking leaking out of his face everywhere. Just ruined. 
So Andrew Jacuzzi decides that he feels bad for him, and we have to go to powwow, which is up in Jacksonville from Orlando. He feels bad, and he goes, man, it just sucks that he hasn't looked like that and whatever. Well, Frankie, uh, I can't think of his last name. He's like one of the craziest badasses over there in Florida. Frankie, he does like 540 backsides and shit. Dude's badass. He goes, well, why don't we all just show up with black eyes? And Andrew Jacuzzi, being the young, naive one that he was, he's probably 19 at the time, he goes, yeah, we should all have black eyes. And I go, now you got 20 grown men that are drunk, 2 o'clock in the morning. Everybody gets to pick a partner. That's how it works. And we all stood around. So now you have 18 motherfuckers while two of you sit there, and you have to slug each other in the fucking eyeball until you get a black eye. <laughs> Andrew Jacuzzi chose fucking uh, Frankie. Frankie's a lunatic. So, and they happen to be drawn out of the hat first. And, dude, uh, like, it was insane. So Andrew tries to hit him, you know, like, obviously you don't want to hit your friend, like, super hard because you're trying to determine how much is going to give you a black eye, you know. And Frankie's like, dude, I ain't going to cut it. I ain't going to get a black eye from that. So he hits him, like, five fucking times. Ugh. You know what I mean? And Frankie's just like, come on, hurry up. Let's get the black eye over with. <laughs> like, just like a straight G, I'm like, this is going to get, uh, and now I'm regretting it. Because I got Joey Chase as my partner. I'm like, fuck. Like, now we're all witnessing, like, what we got to get into. And I know Joey. And I'm like, god damn it, this is going to be terrible. So then Frank goes, all right, fuck it. I'll give you a black eye first. Bam. Kids just on the ground. I'm like, <laughs> now we're all just giggling, like, damn it. Now everybody's regretting this decision. But we've all committed in the handshake. So then, you know, Joey and I manned up to go, you know, next, like, fuck it, dude. Daffick's there. Daffick had a cool partner to where, you know, you just hate each other enough to where you give yourself a black eye. It's going to suck. Yeah. But, you know, you got to find that partner. It just gives enough suck. But, you know, don't fucking break my eye socket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All of us did. Like, 20 motherfuckers sat out there and gave each other black eyes, and we showed up to uh, fucking power of black eyes. I've never heard that story, and that's pretty fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and that's why the four locos are in there, too, because that's the first time I ever had a four loco was there. I went, what is this? They're like, oh, it's going to fuck you up. You drink that shit? It's not like drinking alcohol. It's like drinking a natural light with mushrooms in it. <laughs> You're like, this is crazy. I'll have another. And I might walk naked. <laughs> well, I'll let you know, Andrew Jacuzzi is the one who actually brought up that question. Oh, well, Andrew Cousy, <laughs> Andrew Cousy is the shit, dude. I am so glad, like, I had a blast with him, like, uh, his development through that tour. <laughs> ah, he's rad. Was that one of the craziest tours he went on, as far as fucked up shit happening? Oh, dude, it goes way further. <laughs> yeah. Dude, check this out. In one night... Every time I've been to Florida, I've been in a fight. I'm a grown man. And think how many grown men you know that have been in a fight with another grown man since the age of 18. I mean, honestly, like almost nobody. I mean, it's fucking weird to fight. And it sucks and it's kind of scary. You know what I mean? You get your ass, your jaw broken, monkey stomped on the curb. You know what I mean? We're not gangsters. Like, I don't roll around like MS-13. Like, I don't do that. Every time I go to Florida, I get in a goddamn fight. <laughs> so... We're walking out, and I always wear a sleeveless shirt, and I look like a fucking, you know, maybe I might suck dick, or I'm in a rock and roll band. Who the fuck knows? You know, I'm a pretty questionable character. And so is Joey, and so is his brother. So we're walking out, and Davin. So it's four of us. We're walking out of the bar, and this dude does that, pokes me in the chest, and he goes, you. And I went, 
Yeah, where'd that come from? You know, caught me off guard. I'm drunker and shit. He goes, you look like a faggot. And I went, huh? Like, you know, like, where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> and Daffic comes from behind me and just slugs the dude in the mouth. Like, there ain't no advantage about that. Daffic reaches over my shoulder and goes, who's back now? Bleak. He falls down into a group of, like, five black dudes right there, and they just start, like, it wasn't even a moment's hesitation. They just started kicking the shit out of him. Like, <laughs> full blown whooping this dude's ass. And I went, well, who's back now? So we left. <laughs> all right. Now it's all of us walking by, like, that was fucking crazy. I can't believe it happened. Like, in less than 10 seconds, some dude talks shit to me, and then he's going to bleed for the rest of the night. You're like, that dude's probably going to the hospital. So we start walking back to Joey's place. Joey's girlfriend is being a little bit, you know, women aren't good at drinking. Um, I'm allowed to say that because I'm sexist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those two things don't miss. So she starts being a bitch for no reason, of course. Starts roaming down the road. Well, now she's like a football field in front of us down this fucking darker road, and we're to act there just drinking. Yeah. We just walked out with our glasses because we don't give a fuck. It's Florida. Apparently, there's no rules. But we're all just drinking our mixed drinks in glasses still walking down the road. And this truck comes flying by us and stops right next to her. These two dudes get out and start chatting her face off. Now, we're, we're talking like a full football field, dude. Joey Chase, blink, glass on the ground, but broken, full sprint. I, I'm not even joking, dude. And these guys are like my size, maybe a little bigger. And Joey's significantly smaller than me. Joey runs up to the, the driver's side, and they see him running. So they try to get into the truck. Before the driver can get into his truck, Joey runs up and pins the dude's arm against his door as he's trying to get in. So now that he's kind of like pinned, and he's just like punching his face. Like, it's almost like a movie. It's just like, and me and Daffy are just sitting there going, ah, do we go? We're just walking still. Like, he's now a football field away beating this dude up in his own truck. <laughs> like, so we start running. The passenger tries to get out of his car, and I tell the passenger, do not get out of that goddamn car. So he opens the door like a dick. I slam it on his leg, and then he mashes it open and pushes me slightly out of the way, and he goes for a big old haymaker. Misses. And I just give him a click, bink, and it makes him all dumb. I pull him by the back of his throat and just jump backwards. I'm drunk. I don't care. Now I got this fool. He's going to sleep. But while I'm holding him, all of a sudden I feel, and I turn around over the side. Daffy's just sitting above just fucking haymakering this fool while I'm fucking putting him to sleep. Then, while I continue to hold him, Daffic runs over, and Joey's got the other dude on the ground, and Daffic starts beating him. So Daffic's running back and forth, beating the shit out of him while me and Joey. <laughs> so, then, we put them in. I mean, they were pretty bloody. So we put them back in their car. It's like a fairly new F-150. I'd say back then, it was like a 2016 or something. You know, it's a nice truck, four-door. So we just kind of like almost feel bad at this moment. We get them back into their car. And then the pa the driver, for no reason, goes, oh, you guys are lucky. Yeah, we're all looking at each other like, lucky for what? Then he goes, I'm going to come back and blah, blah, blah. Joey looks at him and goes, oh, really? Wow. Punches the hugest dent inside of his truck. Me and, me and Daffy look at each other like, oh, I guess this is what we're doing. Dude, I swear to God, that motherfucker looked like he probably drove through, like, a hailstorm of bowling balls. Destroyed it. <laughs> Destroyed that dude's truck. <clears throat> and, and that all happened within, like, 35 minutes. And we just went back home like everything's normal. There's, like, 20 everyone like, hey, what's up? We all heading to Jacksonville? <laughs> and this is all the yeah. same trip? 
these stories? Yeah, yeah. Shit's fucking crazy over there, dude. Florida's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to move there so bad. Like, I'm like, sugar, we got to go. And now they all have kids. I'm like, dude, you know how well-raised our kid's going to be? <laughs> I always thought you would fit good in Florida. Oh, man. It's either San Diego or Florida. That's it. <clears throat> Nowhere else for me. Do you still have your uh, Ford F-150? Oh, no. I blew up the motor. I ran that shit to 240,000. That's pretty good. You had that for a while. Um, for the last 50,000 miles, I only ran on six cylinders, and I couldn't go up steep hills. <laughs> it was what pretty you, funny, dude. What are you driving now? Uh, uh, a, a Dodge. Actually, I like it. It's pretty decent, but uh, I just not uh, I just couldn't afford to fucking have a fifty, dude. It's like twelve grand more. I'm like, eh. so um, as far as performance wise and driving and everything, I like this one better. But uh, the F one fifty is more luxurious. More when you're inside of it, you feel like you're driving in a Cadillac. This, I feel like I'm driving, you know, in the backseat of an Uber. But whatever. You ride a lot of Ubers? No. I don't have any apps on my phone, dude. No. If somebody else gets an Uber, I'll get there. No, no. I'm a grown-up, dude. I'll drive there. You still have a flip phone or what? What was that? You still have a flip phone? No. Uh, no. <laughs> I wish. Awesome. Well, hey, no, dude. I watch too much anime. <laughs> well... That's pretty much most of the questions I had. I don't know if there was anything you wanted to cover that we didn't talk about. Uh, nah. Oh, I went to Steve's wedding. Oh, yeah. How, how was Steve's wedding? Hey, Steve, say hi. Hey, Steve. Yeah, dude. Hey, Steve. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, Steve gave one of the best in-person speeches I've ever heard. Uh, it was pretty impressive. Didn't really stutter through it. It was very emotionally and heartfelt to where, you know what I mean? I because I was kind of half tearing up. And I can't believe his lady didn't fall apart. The shit he was saying and on point uh, was awesome. And then uh, his wife uh, had the most, the prettiest dress I've ever seen in real life. It was actually like shit you see in a movie. I was like, damn fool, y'all selling Mercedes to get this shit? Like, it looked good. Yep. Damien was uh, part of the groom's party. Yeah. So, yeah, I got to, got to have him in my, in my lineup, which was sick. Because we've been we've been buds for a very long time. And Damien gave a speech. I wrote it down, did everything good, and then I, I got too emotionally involved because I love Steve. And then I took the speech like that in front of everyone, crumpled up, threw that shit on the ground, and then I said something like "fuck," and I went, "Ooh, blew it already." <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I'm not reading off a piece of paper, I'm gonna cuss. I'm like, "Ah, man, it's just I can't help it." <laughs> it's like a primate just playing with his dick. Like, it's just can't do, you know, it's gonna happen. <laughs> And then, but I got through it for the most part, didn't embarrass him too much. And then I had been drinking and my roommate over here or my landlord, the other house behind us, he, uh, he called me, he goes, Hey man, just checking on you. Uh, cause it's pretty far away. We're talking like an hour. And he goes, you okay to drive home? And I went, nah, probably not. Uh, oh, good point. So right then I just went outside and left. Didn't say bye to Steve. Nobody just got in my driving one. Oh, fuck it. Gotta go home before it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Steve, he did a good job on the speech. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really good. I'll uh, I'll send it to you sometime. All right. No, nobody, nobody freaked out about his uh, dropping the f bomb. Nah, my family's <laughs> super cool. Awesome. And every, all my family and friends. Yeah, they don't. 
Oh, his his chick's parents are cooler than hell. They're hippies. I guarantee you, like, give it a couple of years, they get more comfortable. His par- his chick's parents and I are going to go do mushrooms in Joshua Tree. <laughs> <laughs> They're cooler than shit, dude. Uh, that would be awesome. I want to thank you, Steve, for helping set up the audio and the Zoom for Damien. Yeah, no hey, Appreciate Jan, it. it's a pleasure to see you again, dude. Yeah, it was awesome you to see good, you, too. You look good, dude. It's crazy that you don't age. I don't know if it's, yeah, I don't know if it's just the beard, like, like it conceals all your wrinkles or something. I don't know, dude, but you look great, dude. It's getting gray, though. You see the little white hairs in there. <laughs> no, I don't. It's so red. It's hard to see anything. <laughs> well yeah it was really good talking to you damien um hey let's stay in touch um and if steve doesn't have any use for the footage then i'll send it to you or whatever um keep doing what you're doing and keep promoting the sport i don't care how it gets promoted um anything i can do to help i'm in all right dude i love to hear that my favorite thing and i hope to see you back in your blades in the future me too thank you sir and i'll do the best i can to get there all right awesome I'll rollerblade backwards and be like, this is for y'all, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was good talking to you guys. Take care. And I will talk to you uh, hopefully soon. Hopefully I can come out and visit. Yeah, definitely, man. Do it. Cool. All right. All right, later, brother. Let's go get Later, me. guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was a pretty interesting conversation. I'm glad Damien's doing well. It's cool he has a little daughter. I hope his injury heals. I'd love to see another section of him. He hasn't really changed too much from when I knew him as a younger Damien. So, you know, it's pretty funny, entertaining stories. I hope you enjoyed it. If you do, hit the like button, subscribe to this channel. If you haven't already, hit the bell icon to be notified of all new uploads. The next video I'm going to be doing on this channel is going to be the Uncut series, which is where I have the raw footage for one of the sections of my old videos. So for the next episode of that, it's going to be Damien's raw clips from the video, Daily Bread, Five, No One's Children. So that should be up within the next week. And it ties in with this interview. Now, make sure to follow me on social media if you haven't already. I have links to my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter in the description below. And I also have links to my Patreon page and a donation page if you want to support this channel. Patreon supporters get exclusive content not available on this channel and also get entered into my monthly drawings of different products and gear from the Done and Now Blading merch page and stuff for my personal collection. Thank you to everyone who's already supporting this channel through Patreon. It means a lot to me that you believe in what I'm doing. I'd like to give a special shout out to my tier two through four Patreon supporters, Chris Wilk, Mike Barker, Eric Welch, Jan Dublier, Mike Olson, Jump Street Podcast, Thomas DeFranchise, Jason Adriani, Dave Simpson, Del Tan, Mason Colby, Josh Hammond, Eric Miller, Diplomat Spirit, and Justin Thursday. I apologize if I mispronounced any of your names, but again, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for watching episode 16 of the Done and Outblading podcast. I look forward to seeing you all at episode 17. Take care. Goodbye.